This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to Innovation in Compliance. In this podcast series, I will bring you interviews with some of the leading experts who are changing the way practitioners approach compliance. Although the name compliance is in the title, it's really about innovation. And I wanted to drive the conversation about innovation in compliance into the 2030s and beyond with a focus on innovations for the compliance practitioner and the compliance professional. You want to learn how to bring your business into an innovative state and more innovative business solutions for compliance problems, issues, and concerns. This is the podcast for you. Innovation and Compliance is a production of Compliance Podcast Network. In this episode, I have a fascinating visit with Dr. Mohamed Lazuni, the Chief Technology Officer at AWARE, on the use of biometric and biometric data in a compliance program. It's a mechanism that I had not frankly considered as a part of an overall compliance program, but I know you will learn some very interesting ideas. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode, and I'm thrilled today to have with me Dr. Mohamed Lazuni. Dr. Lazuni, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks so much, Tom. Pleased to be here. Uh, Dr. Lazuni, could you tell us, uh, first of all, your academic background and then your professional background? Yes, sir. Delighted to share that with you. Uh, my PhD is in the field of physics, and it's in the field of solid-state physics. Uh, got uh, my PhD from Oxford University in uh, the UK. It was on a topic that was rather esoteric. It, it measured something called the optical detection of nuclear magnetic resonance. It's a mouthful. But simply said, it's a method by which one can probe nature at a very interesting scale to discover some of its secrets. It was very satisfying intellectually and has since pretty much shaped my thinking in the field of uh, uh, technology, engineering, uh, and science in general. I really would like to explore that, particularly with your current role, but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit now about your professional background? Indeed, one of the things that uh, physics prepares uh, people for extremely well uh, is this idea of transferring knowledge and models across disciplines. So really moving, say, from the field of physics to the field of material science is a reasonably short transition that can be done without a lot of pain. And that so happens to be the case of my own career. So after the world of science and basic research, I did enter the world of engineering through the process of applying physics principles to design, if you wish, security features in order to protect things like identification documents. And so you can see a natural transition from one field to the other and where the knowledge acquired in one space can easily be applied to something in real life and in real world rather seamlessly and simply. So that's how I transitions, if you wish, from the basic research to the world of applications and engineering. What's your current role? I am currently the chief technology officer at AWARE, and I oversee all of the activities around research and development with a uh, very large team that is divided into more or less four disciplines. 
uh, a team that does research in the sense of data science and deep learning, uh, the team of uh, software engineering that builds low functionality uh, in, in software, a team that then turns that particular software into applications, and a team of infrastructure that takes them that software and deploys it into the infrastructures that our customers have. So I was very intrigued by AWARE in terms of your biometric software products. So could I start with a basic question is, what is or are biometric software products? Good questions. Biometric software products are basically a collection of uh, software tools uh, that use this uh, discipline or this domain of uh, biometrics. Perhaps uh, one small detour required in order to better understand it is to understand really what biometrics is all about. So if we collect fixed characteristics of human beings, such as, for example, the faces that are unique to each and every one of us, our voice prints that are unique to each and every one of us, the fingerprints, the irises, the retina, the vein geometry, our own DNA, all of these things are unique representations of human beings that can be captured, collected, organized into some format, some unique way to represent them mathematically and in software parlance into some representation. And then they can be processed, they can be matched, they can be stored, then puts us into the world of biometrics. So what our company does, it offers what is known as a biometric platform that takes into account software solutions that manage all of these modalities and applies them into real world applications that can vary uh, a great deal across an entire spectrum from government applications to commercial applications. I think perhaps many people would think of this as uh, a government application around security or other government uses. But the thing that intrigued me about AWARE is, as you just said, you ended with commercial applications for financial institutions, for healthcare organizations, or a wide variety of others. So I'd like to really explore with you how I'm going to just say a regular business can use biometrics in a variety of tools. So maybe uh, I was really intrigued with the financial industry. So could we start with that industry? Yeah, that is indeed a perfect segue to talk about, say, the financial services industry. Say, for example, you have the following, we'll call them following use cases or problem statements. Say, for example, that as an organization, you need to know your customers better so you can provision them with the services in a better manner, seeking their loyalty, seeking a high value service, seeking the delivery, the best quality service possible. Say, for example, that you have a case of secure online banking, or say, for example, account protection to prevent fraud, or say, for example, you need to satisfy regulatory requirements as well as compliance. Where does biometric play into all of this? You'll be surprised to uh, learn that it plays just about everywhere. Say, for example, in the case of trying to enroll or onboard the customer through a process known as know your customers, and you need to do so online without the customer having to walk in into a branch, they can certainly uh, perform the entire transaction from the comfort of their own home in front of their computer. And all they need to do is to have a camera, a keyboard and a desktop available to them in which they can open up a forum 
and begin the registration with the bank. As you can immediately sense, the real serious question is how does the bank know that the person on the other side of the line in front of their computer or camera is the person that is representing themselves to be themselves. Some mechanism needs to check that, where we can do this by many means, but one certain solution that will ensure that the person making the representation of who they are indeed who they are is to analyze the biometrics on the other side of that camera, a face recognition, a voice print, a fingerprint, all of these things will allow to make sure that the registered identity into that bank to become a trusted bank customer is done in a manner that can be trusted for the registration as well as for future transactions and authentications. Let me turn to what I thought was one of the more intriguing uses, which is biometrics for data management. Data management is one of the most ubiquitous corporate requirements literally across the globe or around the world. How does biometrics and biometric authentication play into data management? I couldn't agree more. It is indeed one of the most serious problems around the world, and it is quite frankly ubiquitous. It cuts across uh, borders and jurisdictions and industry verticals, etc. It often revolves around the idea that the uh, application of biometric to data management, if you wish, is an extension of the idea and the notion of compliance to adhere to relevant laws, uh, regulations, and industry standards. So you think about something like a, a data protection law. And if you have a data protection law that requires that data protection uh, uh, has to adhere to the norms of the regulations that is behind it, we need some mechanism by which we ensure that the privately identifiable information of an individual, the way that it gets collected, it gets stored, it gets managed, is all done in a manner where security and privacy are very carefully balanced in order to be in compliance with all of these things. And you can immediately see that the notion of, say, data compliance and data management using biometrics to secure it and to meet the compliance requirements cuts just across everything. It follows biometric standards, it follows payment standards, it follows healthcare regulations, transportation, all of these things will fall into that category to make that possible, to ensure that the data integrity and management can be done and that data is protected and associated with the person who uh, has given permission to use it and to work with it. You probably don't know this, but this podcast will go up on a podcast series entitled Innovation and Compliance. And though I certainly expected you to talk about innovation and the innovation you lead at AWARE, frankly, I was not uh, expecting you to tie it directly into compliance. So kudos for doing so. The It also strikes me listening to your answer that this could perhaps even be used in some sort of uh, due diligence or background screening. Uh, you started talking about KYC and that perhaps this biometric strategy could also be a part of an overall either background due diligence or KYC program that a company could use uh, if warranted. Would that be a fair assessment? In fact, it is currently the case today, thanks to NIST that has a standard that goes by the name of the 800-63. It's an identity proofing or vetting standard that catalogs the best practices 
on how to perform identity proofing, meaning how do you make sure that when you have an identity claim, you follow certain processes and requirements to ensure that identity claim can be vetted in a manner that ends up being trusted at the other end of the process. So those elements have two central features to them. One is the authority that issues a government document against which the claims can be verified, for instance, a US passport or a US driver license. And the second building block of that process for its authenticity and security is the argument of biometrics to be able to say, for example, extract the portrait from a passport or a driver license and compare to a live portrait that gets fed through a selfie into the transaction, compare these two things together to make sure that the entire cycle has integrity through it to vet an identity. Use the word trust. And in the compliance arena, one of my favorite phrases is trust but verify. And in verification oftentimes mean aud- means audibility. Does the aware biometrics solution allow auditability if a regulator ever comes knocking? Very much. This is, in fact, uh, a very key point to all biometric systems that have high integrity where we are, first of all, ourselves being subject to the same rules and regulations of, say, PII, data governance, and things of that nature, where the manner by which we manage the biometric from the inception as we capture it all the way out to its storage and its use must be governed at each one of those steps. And one of the preliminary requirements that are fundamental to the idea of that process is its auditability. At each and every one of those steps, we ensure that we have an audit trail for those particular steps into the process, such that at any one time, either internally or from an independent auditor, such a process can be tracked from inception all the way to the end. And the good news is that in our industry, we do have, in fact, a number of standards that help us build to those best practices to ensure that that audit is available as needed. Can the biometric security solution that AWARE offers scale literally from an individual such as myself all the way to uh, enterprise security? Does it have that ability to scale up as large as it needs to be? It does. In our industry, a, a large number of players us included, play into the reality of this requirement as something that is vital to the building of the platform and the provisioning of that platform to our users. There are people that usually do not begin at scale. They might begin, say, by enrolling a small number of the population, be it employees or patients or or travelers in a small scale environment, then grow it over time. And they expect the system to grow with them. And as such, our systems are built for scalability. So scalability comes into two dimensions. One is that it gets throttled and pulled on demand as the system grows. And there are other cases where you do begin with a large population to start with. So if you have, say, a government application and you have a, a fingerprint system that needs to work out of the box to search against the fingerprint database at the level of a state or, or at the level of a county or things of that nature. So it's going to begin by requiring that all of the records be enrolled on day one. 
and then you search on day one on all of those records at once. So we build systems that are able to do both. They can begin from the large scale and continue to grow, or they can start very small and they grow as the leads grow along with them. You had one phrase on the company website about utilizing biometric data solutions for system integrators. Could you explain that for us? Yeah, this is a really important point because one of the things that's key to systems integrators because their skill is exceptionally well honed in in their ability to pull multiple assets to bring to their customers the best of breed into uh, the industry to solve the problem that they are solving and make sure that those solutions that they built are do not necessarily have to be locked into things like vendor lock-in and that ability to use the best breed and make all of this possible requires us technology providers into that ecosystem to have to compete on different criteria interoperability time to market all of these become vital criteria for system integrators so it takes a lot to win that trust and it takes a lot to prove oneself to the large scale system integrators and then when those technology solutions are brought to them they become a significant enabler to play to their strength of bringing these pieces together to build larger solutions and this is something that we're excels at so we do this for very large scale implementations that range from border crossing applications to national security applications to whatever the case might be we have those solutions that are in place the system integrators can in fact deploy scale and grow and put into use into the world as we know it today dr lazuni when you sit down with a customer or a potential customer are you talking to their chief technology officer their chief information security officer uh, the board of directors perhaps or some of my people compliance officers in fact, uh, we talk to all of those Dif different ones come to that meeting with uh, a variety of needs and perspectives that are complementary to one another's. But more often than not, in the cases of the presentations that I do myself to my counterparts, perhaps if I were to break it into some groupings, I would say that the majority will be chief executive officers, uh, because really this type of technology requires the sponsorship of the chief executive office in order to ensure that it is well adopted and rolled out into the organization. So that's very often the case of what happens there. Indeed, in many cases where there are uh, organizations that have a CTO office that drives very significant strategic initiatives within their environment, and they need to speak to me as the counterpart, in that case, I am talking to my counterpart into that relationship. And in other cases, it could be a mix in the same room or in the same meeting. We can have all of these offices represented and we make our case to all of them to better understand their requirements and translate the alignment on what we can offer them in order to solve their problem. In this podcast, we have focused on uh, commercial relationships with businesses or a B2B relationship, but it strikes me that consumers might be as interested in doing business with a company that has this type of biometric security, do businesses see this, that this really could be a market differentiator or at least an additional sales point uh, for, for forward-facing customers? That is indeed the case. In fact, uh, the way that we organize our business, we always organized around the B2B paradigm. So primarily our customers in either the government 
world or the commercial world are business uh, entities that purchase our solutions. But nearly invariably, and nearly in all cases, the end uh, point of interaction uh, that, that our technologies end up touching is really the consumer. Uh, because if you have uh, an identity vetting or proofing transaction, an enrollment or uh, an authentication or things of that nature, uh, we try to reach that consumer in the low and most effective way of friction to make that experience very palatable to the end user. So one of the things that is central to the way we offer our solutions is we require the paradigm of bringing your own device. So these are solutions that do not require special equipment. They do not require special gear. Your mobile phone, your tablet, your computer at home will magically load this particular software, run on the web or run on some native application. And the experiences, quite frankly, specifically over the last few years have become very encouraging because they look fairly intuitive. A face recognition transaction is very much like taking a selfie. A voice recognition transaction is very much like recording a voice memo. It's not more complicated than that. So we abstract all of that complexity and we make really the B2C interaction as fluid and as user-friendly as we pos can possibly make it. And now I almost hate to raise the next point given what I believe both of our ages are, but that's how many younger people, my daughter's age, for instance, do business. They conduct business with a cell phone, very comfortable using all of the tools that you just articulated. Would that also be a fair assessment? Absolutely. Think about that in the following way. Say that not only you deal with something that you are very familiar with, which are the apps into your cell phone, and say also that you are really graced with the pleasure of no longer having to type physically a password into, say, a form in order to access the service that you wish to access. So today we are already there. You could literally speak your passphrase to the phone when the application enables it to do so, or put your face in front of a prompt that says simply look here and without having to remember a password or, or go through a number of interactions and whatnot, your face becomes your passphrase, your voice becomes your passphrase, and the interaction becomes as seamless into your life as you could possibly imagine. And we can do this today. I used to ask people to look down the road to maybe 2025, but since that's just a little over a year away, I'm going to ask you to look to 2030, perhaps. And where do you see biometric security and biometric security authentication literally down the road by mid-century? We are very excited about the prospects of what is going to happen into the field of uh, biometrics. So I'll give you a few things that are acting as a wonderful bellwether of things that are happening. Probably for every one of us today, you cannot escape a single day without hearing about generative AI and large language models and deep learning and things like that. So a type of revolution of this nature directly benefits the world of biometrics. And so we will be moving at the pace and we will be moving at the rate of innovation of how that entire wave is moving forward. Why? Is because we are merely in the world of biometrics an application of that science in the field of biometrics. So the faster it moves, 
the more things come in, the more talent get put into it, and the more our industry will be a direct beneficiary of that skill, of that adoption, of that implementation, of that innovation and that creativity. So that's one area I am incredibly excited about because I'm a believer that innovation is driven by people's creativity. So if there is, if you wish, a, an ecosystem, an environment that allows for that to move forward, that tide will rise all of the boats that will follow it. So that's one area. The second area has to do with the extraordinary advances that are going on into the devices that we carry in our hands and in our pockets. If you think of the way that camera resolutions are getting finer and finer by the day, if you think about the smart optics that is resilient to problems of defocusing and things of that nature, if you think about microphones that are picking up more acutely and more refinely the audio that gets put in front of them. All of these things that happen with biometrics will help with quality. When they help with quality, they will reduce errors. When they reduce errors, they reduce friction. When they reduce friction, they allow all of us to have a seamless interaction with these devices without having to even worry about them. So that's in the world of the things that are fixed. But one of the areas that I am particularly excited about is the area of something that is called behavioral biometrics. For instance, the manner in which I personally use my own cell phone in the way I pick it up from my pocket, direct it to my face, put it on my desk and whatnot, all of these gestures that are unique to me in the way I interact with that device are indeed unique to me. They are very different from the way someone else would do it. And you just look at how people type on their devices or how they move their devices. So this whole field of behavioral biometrics is barely scratching the surface today. And I am very bullish about the fact that it's going to go to some very exciting places in the future, allowing us to tap the sensor signals that are inside these phones to really open a whole world of opportunities to other people to benefit from. Seems to me you just tied us to your PhD in physics. Looks like it indeed, <laughs> I must say. <laughs> uh, Dr. Lazuni, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But before we leave, I wanted to ask if our listeners wanted more information on yourself or any of the topics we've touched on or aware, what would be the best place or places for them to go? Thank you, Tom. A good place to start would be our uh, website, if I may recommend uh, to say so. It's uh, www.aware.com. There is really a rich plethora of information there, and there are a number of other links if people get uh, interested in particular industries or in particular product lines or things of that nature, they can always navigate it from there. It's very easy to do. It's uh, fairly straightforward and completely intuitive. And I'm just going to say it has a ton of resources available, blog posts, white papers, case studies, and other material. If you're interested in this area at all, whether you're taking a deep dive or just want to explore, it's a great resource section. Dr. Lazuni, now we are at the end of our time, and I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to visit with me, and I hope we can continue this conversation. It is my hope, too. Thanks so much, Tom. Very much appreciate it. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of Innovation in Compliance. We've linked to Dr. Lazuni's LinkedIn profile in the show notes, as well as to aware.com, 
I hope you will check out their site. As I said in the intro, they're doing some very interesting things around biometric data and compliance. This will be the final episode for Innovation and Compliance in 2023. I want to wish all of our listeners a most joyous and happy holiday season. And I hope you'll plan to join us in 2024 for Innovation and Compliance. Innovation and Compliance is a production of the award-winning Compliance Podcast Network.